I'm going to get straight to the word. Is that cool with y'all? All right. We're starting a new series. It is called For Our City. Come on, somebody say For Our City. Um, this has been on my heart for months now to preach. That's why I was up till 2 a.m. Because I've just been thinking about it, mulling over, praying over this word. And I'm so honored to get to preach this today with you. So uh, Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7 says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Come on. Hey, um, before I do move on, I I don't want to run past this real quick. They don't know I'm going to do this. I literally just met them right now, but we do have some special guests here this morning. All the way down from Mercedes, Texas, we have pastors Joshua and Daniela Reyes here with us this morning. Would y'all give it up for pastors from Soul Fire Revival Center from the Valley. Come on now. They came up to hang out with us here in Kyle, Texas. I'm honored to have you guys with us this morning. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Hey, this word has been in my heart. It's been stirring in me for a long time. And and this is why. That verse 7 This is the kicker. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So, backstory. God had let the Israelites be taken into captivity due to their rebellion against God. These are God's people, and yet they had strayed so far away from God. Uh, They had rejected him so fully and so absolutely that God finally said, you know what? Cool. You want to reject me? Sounds good. Watch this, you know? How many of y'all got kids? And you know how this goes sometimes. Like, they just ain't listening time after time after time. Finally, you just got to let them make their own failures, right? You just got to, all right, you know what? You want to touch the stove? Go on ahead. Let's see what happens, all right? And like, no, it'll be fine. Like, I want to touch it. Sure, okay, cool. Sounds good. Let's see what happens. And they burn, ow, you know, I told you. I tried to warn you, but you didn't listen. I had to let you make your own mistakes in that moment. This is what God does with his people. The Babylonians conquered them, took them back to their city of Babylon. And this was a huge defeat for the people of God, a massive defeat. You got to think God's people, you see all throughout scripture, victory over victory, over victory, over victory. Why? Because they have God on their side, right? But what happens when they turn their back on the God that gives them the victory? Defeat, defeat, and a big one. These people, what do we know about Babylon? It was not a city or a people that served God. They were wicked. They were immoral. It was a far cry from the Jerusalem of old uh, that they had heard stories of. But it's interesting what God says. He says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, marry and have children, and increase in number. What do all of those things take? Time. Hard work. Time. It's going to be a while is what God is saying. Y'all going to be here for a while. You best get comfortable, all right? You're going to be in exile for a little bit. It's going to take time. Now, I know a lot of Christians that they say, man, pastor, I just don't know if we want to even have kids. I don't know if I want to bring a child into this lost and broken world. The world is just so messed up right now. I don't know if I could do that to them. You know what God says? He says, do not decrease in number, y'all. 
increase in number. At the very beginning with Adam and Eve, what did he say? He said, be fruitful and what? Multiply. So y'all have some more kids, y'all. Teach them about Jesus and let's make an impact in the cities that we live. Amen? Let's not decrease, but let's increase. But God, we want to go home. I don't even like it here. Half y'all from California and y'all moved here to Texas. You didn't realize it was going to be 100 degrees every single day. It's hot. Welcome. Glad you're here. The beaches here ain't nothing like they are in Cali. They stink. There's stuff everywhere. It's gross. I'm from Florida. I'm from Cali. I got better beaches than you guys, right? You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what? Listen, man, you're here now, all right? This is your place now. Listen, y'all know how many people have moved to Kyle in the last three years? 10, over 10,000. 10,000 in this city. Okay, if that was Austin, not that big of a deal. If this is DFW, that's just a drop in the water, right? But Kyle, this city was only like 40, 50,000 people just a few years ago. And now we're definitely hitting 60,000. We're getting higher. It, it, it's honestly hard to even keep up because there's just so many houses being built, so many people moving in. What if all of those people that are moving in never got involved in the community? What if all those people that came into our, into our city, into our town, just never got involved, never had kids, never you know, bought a house, anything like that? What, what would it look like? I think the life and culture of our city would be pretty terrible. I think businesses would struggle. They'd close. Probably families would struggle. It would just honestly be no fun if they didn't get involved. So I want to do a little poll here, a little old school. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand today. Okay, come on. It's interactive. That's how I like to preach. But I want you to raise your hand if you have moved to Kyle or this area within the last three years. Raise your hand. That's what I thought. How many of y'all are from California? Raise your hand. Out with you all. I'm just kidding. I'm just, man, I'm just kidding. Our youth pastors are from California. I'm just messing with you. It's okay. I'm just, yeah. I had to get the jab. You know what I mean? Listen, what if all of you that are from out of town is well over almost maybe even more than half? That's incredible. What if all y'all never got involved in your church? What if all y'all never got involved in your city? Because you just didn't take ownership of it because, because it's not my city. It's not where I'm from. So I'm just going to let other people take care of that. You see how many of y'all there were? What if all you never got involved? What would that look like? Listen, even if you are not from here, even if the locals don't want you here, which there are some people that, that do not, right? This is your city now. This is your home now. And we need to take ownership over the place that we live. So get comfortable, y'all. Buy a house. Enjoy your life. If you can buy a house, come on now, you get it. Have some more kids, y'all. Have some fun, right? Let's have some kids. Let's multiply. Take ownership over the place that you live. Some of y'all, some of the men in the house said amen. Come on. <laughs> seek, the, verse 7 in Jeremiah, it says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, what? You too will prosper. I believe that God is looking for people that will commit to pray for our city, pray for our leaders, and get out and make a difference in our community. Let me pray with you real fast as we dive deep into this word today. God, I pray that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds to receive a word from you today. Let it sink in deep that your word would not return void. We thank you. We appreciate you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message, if you are taking notes, is Stand in the Gap. And I'm going to start really with a story. I'm going to have to roll today. But this is a story. Last month in Keller, Texas, there was a four-year-old girl named Willa. She wanted to have a party for her fifth birthday. 
Her mom, Lex, sent out the invitations. and Willow was so excited for her first ever birthday party. The day finally came and Willow got dressed up. And they headed to their local Hat Creek Burger. Come on, Hat Creek Burgers. We got one in Buda and San Marcos. Her mom was so busy setting up all the decorations, the crayons, the crowns, the cake, all the good stuff, that she didn't realize the party was supposed to start at 11. And it was 11.20. She looked up and saw this image of her daughter, Willa, sitting all alone at the table. Lex questioned herself immediately. Did I send out the wrong day? Uh, did I send out the wrong time on the, on the invitation? And now she's going through this and she's panicking. Reality finally sets in that no one was coming to Willa's party. Lex's mama bear instincts kicked in and she posted in a neighborhood Facebook group here, if anyone has young kids and is looking for something to do right now, no one showed up to my daughter's birthday party. It's her first and likely last party. We'd love to celebrate with you. And just a few short minutes, less than 15 minutes later, the entire table was full of people. Complete strangers, children, teenagers, parents, grandparents, people from all walks of life came to celebrate Willa, somebody that they didn't even know. And many of them brought gifts. Look at this. Look at that. That's incredible. You know that there are some moms that went to Target so fast. Come on now. They were like, let's get in the car. We're going to this girl's birthday party. Like she's crying, you know, like reading this Facebook post. We are going to this girl's party. Like how did, only a mom had her hand in that to get those presents ready that fast. Come on, you know. Kids were laughing. Moms were hugging. At the end of it all, Willa made a ton of new friends, had a blast, and then she got invited to many of their birthday parties herself. Her mom, Lex, said, we're gonna to go to every single one of them. Now, if I'm that parent, if I'm that mom, and I think you are already feeling this almost visceral reaction to this, like, oh no, no one wants their child at that age, at four or five years old, to feel that kind of rejection, that kind of social anxiety and social rejection. And they also were new to the area. They'd only, they've only been here for two or three years. And so she didn't really have a chance to make a ton of new friends yet, but she made a couple, but not a ton. And, and if I'm the mom in that moment, I'm thinking, really? No one? Uh, she sent out the invitations and people were saying that they were going to come, but really nobody, nobody showed up. Not one person, really? Come on. No one came to the party. There's not one person that could take time out of their day to do something nice for Willa, to show up for her, to celebrate her, to bring her a gift. No one showed up for her. This is exactly what happens to the entire city of Jerusalem in the book of Ezekiel. In chapter 22, the prophet Ezekiel summarizes the corruption and immorality of the city, its people, and its leaders. They had abandoned God's law completely, and now God was about to pour out his judgment on them, and this is what God says through him. He says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall. So I wouldn't have to destroy the land. Somebody say, stand in the gap. But I found no one. Somebody say, no one. So now I will pour out my fury on them, consume them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty of all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. You know what God said right there? Really? No one? No one's going to cry out to me for this city? 
No one's gonna cry out to me for the salvation of these people. There's not one person that will cry out to me on behalf of this entire city. Not one person is gonna pray or intercede. Not one person will stand in the gap of the wall for this city. Now, there wasn't a literal gap in the wall. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor. It's a figure of speech. But this is where we get the phrase, stand in the gap from. Maybe you've heard, uh, hey, hey there's, a, there's a hole here. We need to fill it. There's a gap here. We need to fill that hole, maybe with a project or something like that uh, on a team at work. And, hey, it, we really have a gap here in our performance. We need somebody to really step up and, and make this happen. And somebody says, hey, I'll, I'll take on that project or, or I'll step up and do this or uh, maybe in your family, you see where there's a gap and you need somebody to pray for your family, intercede with your family. There's many different areas that you could see this happening. But the, the first and most significant time where somebody stood in the gap for a whole group of people is found actually not here, but it's in the book of Exodus. Moses had to cry out to God that he would not destroy his people. It's the same exact scenario. Moses is the leader of, of all the Israelites and they're going through the mountains and they're going through the desert and, and the people of God have just the same thing. They're just depraved. They are not following God's law. They gone, man. Like they are just all away from God. They're, they're, they're worshiping golden calves. They're worshiping other idols, other gods, false gods, and they're gone. And God says, Moses, I'm done. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. I'm gonna start over and I will build you into a great nation. I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna destroy everybody. I'm gonna start over with you and your family and we can build a nation through your family. And Moses, you know what he does? He says, God, no! No, 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 hold on! Uh, no, no, don't do this yet, Lord. Don't do, please don't do this. L listen, listen, listen. You promised that you would build a great nation, not just through me, but through our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me remind you of the promises that you've made, God. No, please don't destroy this people, Lord. I, I'm crying out to you, don't do it, Lord. We can figure this out. We can work this out, Lord. He's literally pleading with God. What is he doing? He's interceding for these people. He is standing in the gap for his people. And you know what God does? Exactly what Moses asked him to do. He didn't destroy them. But now, many years later, many years later, well after Moses, the people have turned away from God again and this time, there wasn't anybody to stand in the gap. There was nobody praying. There was no one. Unless God could find someone to stand in the gap, he was going to destroy the land. He was going to send them to captivity. And among all the people, he found no one. But here's the deal. He was giving them the opportunity to repent. The Bible says he was looking. God was looking for someone. He wanted somebody to stand up and to stand in the gap. He wanted to hear a prayer from just one person, like, God, would you give us mercy and give us grace? How many of you are grateful for the grace of God, that God waits on you and on me when we are figuring our stuff out? Because listen, there was a time when I was running from God, and I'm grateful that God waited on me, that he had grace for me, and he said, hey, hold on, son, I'm going to let you do your thing for a bit, but man, I'm waiting for you to come back like the prodigal son. God, that father was waiting for his son to come back, right? That's the moral of the story. God waits for us, and he has grace for us. Are you grateful for the grace of God in your own life this morning. Come on now. I believe that God's heart was hurting because there was no one who would take responsibility. There's no one who was going to pray. Willa's mom, Lex, stood in the gap for her daughter. Now, she didn't offer up a prayer, but she offered up a social media post, right? There you go. It was a cry for help on social media is really what it was. And, and dozens of people came to save the day, strangers, people that didn't even know her. Now listen, 
If a mom can stand in the gap and intercede for her daughter and dozens of people show up to a kid's birthday party, what would happen if a church stood in the gap for a city? What would happen if we started praying for our city and its leaders? What would happen if we started praying for Mayor Mitchell? Uh, you'd be like, oh, I don't really, you know, I don't really agree with some of his policies. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know what the Bible says that we are to do? We are to pray for our leaders. Even if you don't agree with a one thing that they do. Not any of it. You might despise our leaders. You might despise our president. I don't care. Pray for him. Here's the deal. What many of us end up doing is we become complainers and consumers rather than contributors. And that is not what God has called us to do as people of God. No, we are to be a part of the solution. If you, don't see, if you see something you don't like, be a part of the solution. Don't complain. No, no, listen, we're gonna pray for these people. We're gonna intercede on their behalf and believe that God is going to work in them and through them. Uh, pray God that they would have wise leadership and that they would be led by the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for salvation for those that don't know you, Lord Jesus, and help them to lead our city well. That's what the word of God says that we are to do. What would happen if we started praying for our city, praying for our leaders? What do you think could happen? You think God might place his merciful hand on this city? You think he would cause it to prosper? He said he would. Pray for the city so that it will prosper. Do you think he could stop some bad things from happening too and cause some good things to happen? I believe he can. God wants to bless our city, but let me tell you and let me challenge you, he is waiting for you to pray for it. I have a vision for our city. I do. That we will see thousands of people experience the radical love of Jesus. That's our mission. That's our vision. That's our goal. That alcohol and drug addiction in our city will be broken well below the state and national average. That every child will have a loving home. That our schools will see revival that new businesses will thrive, that our community will prosper because Jeremiah says, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, listen here, you too will prosper. What does that mean? It also means if our city prospers, what? Our church will prosper. Isn't that amazing? I have a vision for our church too. I see a church that is equally about the sinner as we are the saints. A church that is reaching the lost and then equipping the found. A church that worships powerfully in these four walls and then shares Jesus boldly outside of these four walls. A church that reaches out to those in need and a church that steps up and says, we will stand in the gap and we will be for our city. That's the vision I have for our church. But I believe God's looking for someone to say, I'll do it. Here am I, God, send me. I'll stand in the gap. I will pray for it. I will pray for my leaders. I will get involved. And now maybe you're not from here. Maybe you've, you come from somewhere else, or maybe you live in San Marcos or Buda or, you know, Dripping, or I don't know where you live. New Bron We have people that come from New Braunfels. We have people that come from Austin all over the place. This applies to you and your own individual city, but this church is rooted here in Kyle, Texas. And so we as a group, no matter where you are from, we will serve this city. And this has been my heart since the very beginning of our church. One of our core values is community focused. And before we ever had a church service, we were giving back to the community. April 2020, our church hadn't been launched yet. COVID is just starting. Five months before we launched the church, we would buy food from local businesses that were struggling and give them to families that were struggling. So we're supporting economics, but we're also supporting families, right? It'd be real easy to 
buy it from HEB and give it out, but I wanted to buy it from the local restaurants that were struggling themselves because no one could patronize them. We bought coffee from local coffee shops where no one could come in, and we took it to the hospital workers because they're working round the clock trying to help with COVID. The coffee shops are struggling because no one can come into the coffee shops. We brought food to our first responders from local pizza places, and they were stretched thin. We donated funds to local nonprofits, all kinds of stuff. And then we launched our church. Then the next year, in December 21, we had a miracle offering. We raised funds for more than 10 local, regional, and global organizations. They're doing some great work to meet practical needs, but also spiritual needs. It's important to meet both. Now, I call Kyle my hometown, but I got to make a confession. It's technically not, all right? I'm technically from Round Rock. I'm born and raised in Round Rock, but I call Kyle my second hometown. I do. My grandparents moved here in 2000 when there was just a Dairy Queen in a downtown. Come on, anybody remember that? Some of y'all here, Alfred's been here since the beginning of time, right? So there we go. He's one of those people, he's one of those people that didn't want y'all here. So <laughs> you can talk to him about that. Anyway, we're warming up to him, right? Anyway, sorry, right, Alfred. My grandparents moved here in 2000, and I remember visiting this town as a kid watching the cows as I ate my ice cream cone riding down the two-way feeder roads. Y'all remember those? Come on, the two-way ones. Very dangerous. Anyway, my family made the move in 2007. I was a sophomore in high school, aged a few of y'all real quick. We lived in Sunset Ridge right on 150, East 150, in a mobile home with my grandparents. If you know Sunset Ridge, it's, it's the third or fourth house, third or fourth mobile home as you're driving down 150 on the left. So right on the side of the road. And I only remember a car driving by every once in a while. Not the case anymore, right? Oh, Lord Jesus. That road needs to be bigger. I will not complain. All right. In May 2010, after graduating high school, I was one of the original employees at Chick-fil-A Kyle. Come on, somebody, give it up for the Lord's chicken. Come on, I started that restaurant. And by started, I mean I was a worker that knew nothing and I was just trying to figure things out and raise money for my college laptop, all right? But I was the Chick-fil-A cow standing on the side of the road because I was the one that loved to dance. And, you know, I was like, hey, what's up? And then the, my, my boss was like, hey, you can't, like, do the Dougie out there. Like, you got to just do, like, normal dances. <laughs> I was like, okay. But, but, you know, that was 2010. 2012, my parents were able to build a home over in Plum Creek where they live to this day. And I used to walk over to Negley Elementary and play basketball, uh, but they would kick me out because I wasn't supposed to be there because I was 20. So um, then eight years later, my family moved into that very neighborhood, my family now. We bought a house, and then we started this church in that very school. And we moved to Wallace Middle School, and now here we are at Bunton Creek. God has blessed us, amen? Three years, not even three years into our church. It's crazy. Listen, this church is from Kyle and for Kyle because I am from Kyle and for Kyle. I don't care where you're from, but this is where this church is born and raised, and this is where we're gonna be about, and this is who we're gonna be about. I designed that thing right at, when you walk out those doors you'll see we love our city and it says from Kyle for Kyle established 2020 why because that's my heart for this church 
And I hope that that is your heart too. And that's why we're starting a brand new initiative called Love Kyle. I can't wait to tell you about it. It's a yearly weekend event with opportunities to serve our schools, our city, our community, and our residents with lots of different projects around the city. We're gonna partner with the city of Kyle, Hey CISD, local nonprofits, community leaders, all kinds of people to make this event happen every single summer. But not only that, Love Kyle is gonna extend throughout the year with all kinds of different service projects and opportunities for you to meet practical and spiritual needs for the people of this city, to use your gifts, your time, your talents, and your resources to give them back to God and to serve the Lord and to serve others. So I have a vision for Love Kyle to become a week-long event. We have so many projects and so many people that are in need and and the city is coming to us saying, hey, can we add this to the docket for Love Kyle next year, man? Can we we partner with you on this? We have people coming to us all over the place. Listen, I have my my goal and my gift as a pastor is vision. I, I see things that aren't as though they were. I see five years and 10 years down the line. I see that for my family. I see that for our church. And listen, I hope that you will see that for your family and for yourself, but also I wanna bring you into the vision a little bit. I want you to catch this a little bit with me. A week-long event, dozens if not hundreds of projects all around the city, and the mission is to help our city become an even better place to live through meeting practical needs and sharing the love of Jesus. That's the mission of Love, Kyle. And I think there's families that are in need all around the world, If you're like, hey, I love global missions. I love reaching out to people all around the world. That's great. We love global missions. We're working on a missions project right now. But there are families and individuals in need that are right in our backyard. There's people in this room that are in need that you will never know. Why? Because you don't talk about it, right? But there's people that are in need. Your neighbor might be in need. Somebody down there, your kid's school, there's probably some people that are in need. And a lot of times we just don't know about it, but do we care about it? I think God cares about it. And when you understand the heart, when you get to know God better, you start to have his heart. You start to understand who God is. You start to care about the things that he cares about and you start to see people the way that he sees them. And I would just ask, is there someone who's willing to stand in the gap for our city? Is there someone who's willing to stand in the gap for your city, wherever you live? Listen, somebody would just say, I'll take responsibility. I'll pray. I want to be a part of the solution. Is there someone that's willing to stand in the gap and pray for our leaders? Someone who will stand in the gap for our children, our orphans, our low-income families, for our drug-addicted brothers and sisters, for the ungodly, for the wicked, for the people that hate you. Will you serve them anyway, not expecting anything in return? That is who Jesus is. He gave himself while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means when you are still jacked up on drugs, when you are still not living for Jesus, when you are still, you might be not living for God right now and you know it, Listen, let me encourage you. Jesus has already died for you because he loved you. Not because of anything you have ever done and you will never be able to do anything that will impress God. All he wants is for you to love him back. Is there someone who's willing to stand in the gap for our mayor? I texted him this morning, probably too early. Probably woke him up. 
But I texted him this morning and I said, Mayor Mitchell, I just wanna let you know, man, we are praying for you this morning. I don't know if you're going to church today or not. Services at nine and 11 if you wanna come. <laughs> but I just want you to know I'm praying for you and our church is going to pray for you today. I believe that's a seed. Is there someone who will pray for our leaders, for our city council members, who will stand in the gap and cry out to God on behalf of our city, on behalf of the orphans, on behalf of the homeless, on behalf of the widows, on behalf of the single mothers, on behalf of those that are struggling financially? Is there someone that's gonna cry out to God and say, God, would you do something? Would you intervene? And listen, I believe that God wants to bring revival to Kyle, Texas. Come on, somebody, anybody else believe that? I believe God wants to bring revival to Hayes County, to our state. Man, in Mercedes, Texas, at Soul Fire Revival Center, they're seeing revival. Come on, it's in the name, praise God, right? Like, that's what I wanna see. I wanna see people find and follow Jesus and be set on fire for him. And this is what the deal is. I've heard this before and I've never forgot about it. It, it, it says, man, God just needs one person to be set on fire for him. Man, I just want to be set on fire for God and let people come and watch me burn. Be like, what is that dude? Who is he? One person can change a family. One person can change a church. One person can change a community and a city, but it starts with you. The flow of revival, it doesn't start at the church level, y'all. It doesn't start at the city or community level or your small group level. It starts on an individual level. It requires that people on an individual basis are on fire for Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, hearing from God, feeling what God feels, seeing how God sees, and then that goes to your family. Come on, and after it goes to your family, your family gets saved. And man, when we've had entire families that have gotten saved at Radical Church through a student we, we told the story a few weeks ago of, of a young girl, a middle school girl that comes to our church. Her entire family gave their hearts and lives to Jesus because of her coming to youth on a Wednesday night. They all got baptized, every single one of them. That's incredible. It's because of one person. And now you know what they get to do? They get to be a part of the greater body of Christ. And now the body of Christ has to be set on fire. And we have to have revival here in our church. And once we do that and we start to see better and we hear the heart of God better and we love people better than man, I believe that our church can change the culture of this city. Do you believe that too? Come on, I said, I believe that our church can change the environment and the culture of our city. Come on, do you believe that we can be a part of that? I believe God wants to use you and to use me to do something great in our city and in our world. Our church is not just about these four walls. Like this is cool and all, this is great. I'm so grateful that God has blessed us with it, but it doesn't matter. I worked hard on this building. I put these carpet tiles in myself. It's stunk. It was hard. I grinded the concrete floors myself. I worked hard on this place, but it doesn't even matter. If we are not people of God, if we're not encountering the presence of God, I would rather just get rid of it all. So I need somebody to stand up with me today and to worship with us in just a moment. Come on, stand up, stand up. I need somebody in this place to take ownership, to say, that's me. I will be the one. Here am I, God, send me. Help me to 
feel your heart for your people, to take ownership for my city, to take ownership for this city that we're in now as a church. Come on, I believe that if you would do that, and God wants to bring revival here to Kyle, Texas. Come on, I'm telling you right now, we will be at the center of the revival in Kyle, Texas. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. If no one else wants to, I will. I'll do it alone. I don't care, but I'd much rather take you with me. I want you to find and follow Jesus, find community, and help others do the same. That's what we're about. So I'm gonna worship, you're gonna worship. Let's call for God to bring revival. This song is called God of Revival. It is not about you. This song is not for you. This song is a declaration for our city. Come on, I want you to raise your hands in this place. Let's start, give the worship to Jesus. Lift up worship to him right now. Come on, say, Jesus, I am here for my city. I will stand in the gap. God, use me. God, shape me. God, mold me. Lord Jesus, help me to be a part of the solution for my city. Come on, lift your hands up. Let's call for revival in our city. Let's worship together. Every stronghold will come. I hear the chains hit the ground. Got a revival for it out. Pour it out. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come, Come awaken on. Your people. Yeah. Come awaken your people. Awaken city. us, Lord. You gotta awaken me before the city. Got a revival, pour it out, pour it out. Strongholds are crumbling. single person 
it just has no direction. For every middle school and high school student struggling with peer pressure, I want to serve them all. God, help us to be a part of the solution. To not be so focused on ourselves that we forget that our job is to be about others. We get filled up with your spirit, not so that we can be full, but so that we can pour out and be refilled and pour out and be refilled. And there's this beautiful cycle of, of giving and receiving. Help us to be about our city. God, I pray for our mayor. I pray for our leadership. Bless them, Lord. Help them to see you more clearly than he's ever seen you before. Help our city council members to lead this city well. God, I pray that they would encounter your spirit. Thank you for every family and every person that is in this room. Give us the ability to see you and hear you more clearly. I'm gonna take a quick second. There's somebody in here today that says, man, I have not been living for God. You know that you're far from him. You might be one of those people that's struggling right now. Man, I wanna pray with you. You say, Pastor Trevor, I know I'm not good with the Lord right now. I need to give my life to him. Maybe for the first time or maybe you've given your life to him before, but you've gone off track. And you're like, man, I just need to get right with God today. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to raise up your hand and look at me on the count of three so I know who I'm praying for today. The best part is that God loves you. He cares for you. He took your sins upon the cross with him. Man, if you will give your life to him right now, he will make you into a new creation. I see you already raising your hand. Yes, ma'am. Uh, one, two, three. Raise your hand right now. I see you right here. Come on. Yeah, what's up, girl? I see you. Come on, right here. I see you. I see you. Absolutely. Y'all can put your hands down. I see you. I see you, my man. Come on. Yes, sir. I see you, ma'am. I see you. I see you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, in the back. Come on. Yes, sir. I see you, man. I see, is there anybody else? I counted 10 people. Is there anybody else? Man, you want to get right with God. It's the best decision you will ever make, giving your heart and life to Jesus. Come on, anybody else? Say, I want to be forgiven today. I see you, little man. Come on, let's give God praise for just a second. 10 people saying yes to Jesus. Come on, man. Let's, let's pray together. Let's pray together over these people and let's in unison, let's pray together. Say Jesus. Come on, say it like me. Say Jesus. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me. I put you first. I put myself second. I will serve others and I will love you. Thank you for creating in me a new heart. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen and give God a shout of praise today. Ten people saying yes to Jesus. <laughs> Love Kyle. We will have more information next week of the different projects that are available. Will you make a commitment with me to be a part of Love Kyle on August 5th? Come on, we're going to have a breakfast here at 8 a.m. We're going to have a rally. We're going to get excited to serve people. And then we're going to spread all across the city of Kyle doing great things in the city. If that's you and you say, hey, I want to be involved. I want to get involved. I'm going to use my gifts, talents, and time to serve Jesus. Would you just raise your hand up at me? Let me see you. Come on, I see you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come back next week. We'll hear more information. Last thing before we leave is we have Serve 101 right after this service, right now. I know we're a little late today. It's 15 minutes, very, very short. 
If you wanna use your gifts and talents to serve God here to and through the local church, stick around, we'll connect you with a team. You wanna make friends, stick around, we'll connect you with a team. God bless you, we'll see you next week.